time for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. And welcome back to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library. It is Katie, and I am back in the recording booth with Rachel. Rachel is the teen services librarian here at the Orange Branch. Hi, Rachel. How's it going? Hi, good. Good. And Rachel and I are here for a really fun topic that might be just a little bit controversial. Uh, this topic was one that Rachel has an idea that I think is excellent, and it has brought about a lot of um, really good <laughs> feedback from library staff. So today, we are talking about books that everyone else loved that we hated, or at least did not love. Let's say that. That's fair. Like, they're books that we sure. did not like. They didn't, they didn't do it for us, even though everyone else loved them. Mm-hmm. So we each have reviews of three books. And we are going to talk about maybe why other people love them, what people liked about them, but really, most importantly, what we did not like about them. Um, These are books that got decent reviews or all of our friends were reading them and they just did not do it for us. And really, the whole idea behind this is that you don't have to love every book. Mm-hmm. You don't have to finish every book. That's Definitely something not. that I really want people to know. And um, yeah, it's okay not to like something. So we are going to share our reviews and we really want to hear from all of you what you think or if there are books that we talk about that you loved that we hated. Please send us your feedback. So I'm going to get us started. This book uh, was one of my first and only one-star reviews on Goodreads. Wow. So if you're not familiar with Goodreads, Goodreads is a review site where you can keep track of books you're reading, you can add friends on there, and you can add shelves or topics. It's a really great resource that we use a lot to refer people to or, you know, oh, I remember I read that book. It was 10 years ago, but it has all the topics that you might like. Um, Or it's a really good way to just keep organized. And honestly, if I don't finish a book, I just don't give it a rating at all. Mm -hmm. So a one-star rating is a book that I finished all the way through, and I really wish I hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) It was not worth it. It is a book called My Absolute Darling by Gabriel Talent or Talente. And this book came out probably maybe eight years ago, and... It was just all over every magazine I read, every publication, every bestseller list, and a lot of people I knew just loved it, really wanted to recommend it. Oh, it's so dark and edgy, and it was dark, and it was edgy, (laughs) but it was not that in a good way. So before we dive too deeply into these, we are going to spoil so many of these books for you. So spoiler alert for every book we talk about To talk about the reasons we don't like them, we have to say what happens in some of them. So here's some spoilers coming. If there's any book that you really want to read, even though we didn't like it, just keep that in mind. (laughs) 
So, however, the spoiler alert for my review of My Absolute Darling was, this book has no redeeming qualities. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Has hateful characters and horrific abuse, plus a middle-aged white guy writing a 14-year-old girl's point of view. I skimmed the last 50 pages. And then it just says, yeesh. (laughs) So I picked this book up based on debut hype that it received, as well as early comparisons to A Little Life. A Little Life, I will recommend to everyone. I really loved it. So I was like, great, the next A Little Life came out. I can't wait to read it. But you cannot just take two books about abuse and call them the same thing. In My Dearest Darling, Turtle lives with her father, who claims to be a survivalist, but really he is just a philosophical rapist. Martin, the father, rapes Turtle, but he does it, quote, out of love. She runs away, but then she comes back. He beats her. They clean guns. They cook steaks. She eats raw eggs. Her grandpa dies. Turtle is then abandoned for three months. Martin returns with a younger girl that he took off the streets of Washington. Then things boil over. Martin gets shot. The end. The filthy, scrappy, violent, and ill-conceived end. What I did not like about this book was, everything. as I mentioned, every single thing. It nothing, was just, nothing about that sounds good. No. At all. No. And, like, all of the reviews and everything I read were, oh, it's so gritty. It's so edgy. There's so much heart in this book. And it was just straight-up abuse. It was awful. It, I felt so viscerally about why I just could not get into that book. So that's my warning out there. Everyone seemed to love it. Not my favorite. Well, I have not read that book, but based on your review, you've sold me. I'm, I'm not going to read it. <laughs> no, from not you. be putting that on my Goodreads list. <laughs> and I think that's one, too, that's now so much older that probably isn't getting recommended very much. Mm-hmm. I still see it on the shelf, though, and I kind of shake my fist at it. I'm like, oh, this is such a bad book. <laughs> what about you? What's one that you did not care for despite its hype? Okay, so I know that I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble about this because I know so many people who love this book, but I really, really, really did not like The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Mm -hmm. And just to give you a little summary, uh, it's about a young woman in uh, France in the 1700s who makes a... Faustian bargain to live forever, but she's cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. So you kind of go through her life with her until one day in a bookstore, she stumbled across a young man, and then when she comes back the next day, he remembers her. He's the first person ever to remember her. Okay. Which sounds very romantic. In full disclosure, I am not a romance fan generally, but I did feel like this book was marketed as much more than romance. Um... A few issues with it. Issue number one, Addie, as a character, is super boring. (laughs) The fact that she is immortal is literally the only interesting thing about her. She has no (laughs) other redeeming qualities. There is a very strong sense of a trope that I hate, which is the she's not like other girls trope. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand this because, come on, I mean, everyone is unique. Um, And... Also, Addie was not the only woman in the 1700s who was trying to escape an arranged marriage and didn't want to be forced into a loveless marriage. That was like everybody. Right? Everybody at that That's time. Everything. Yeah. So <laughs> they make a big deal of how special and unique she is um, for wanting more in her life, which I, I don't buy that. I don't buy it, you know, um, that that made her special over any other woman at mm-hmm. that time. 
Um, issue number two, and this is a little nitpicky, but I am overhearing about her freckles. <laughs> Because apparently she has seven freckles that are in the shape of a constellation across her face. Mm, I don't know which constellation. They don't say. Okay. A constellation. (laughs) And these freckles are apparently so beautiful and so unique that you can trace them throughout all of the great art and history that she has inspired. Oh, my gosh. There's actually a character in the book writing a dissertation on this mystery woman with the seven freckles. And I'm like... I call BS on this. You cannot recognize someone by a pattern of seven freckles. And don't all freckles kind of look like constellations? <laughs> I don't, what makes her special? Right. She's got magical glowing fre- I don't know. I, I was over the freckles. <laughs> no, not, not doing it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also she lived for all of these years, and she never actually did anything interesting. Um, you know, she pretty much just stayed in Europe in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the book, I thought there was an opportunity here to show her living through all this history. And it only references the history that she lived through in a really vague way. Um, all she ever really did, as far as I could tell, was track down artists and kind of be their muse. Oh, so she could, yeah, exactly. So that she could have be a legacy. You know, she wanted to leave a legacy. But I'm, come on, like, how egocentric can you be? You have all these years. You're 300 years old. You'd think that at a certain point you would be tired of just thinking about yourself and your legacy. But Addie is not. <laughs> oh, Addie. Um, she doesn't, she, there's no character development. She doesn't change one bit from the beginning of the book until the end, which is, I'm sad to say, over 450 pages <gasps> later. So it's a long one. And issue number four was with the character of Henry, who was her love interest. And honestly, I cared so little about Henry and his plight that I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> not even worth the airtime. Not even worth it. <laughs> and uh, this this was the first V.E. Schwab book that I have read. I have read her juvenile series. She writes juvenile books as Victoria Schwab. Mm-hmm. And she has a very delightful juvenile series called Cassidy Blake series about a girl who can see ghosts. And uh, and that's great. Great. So I'm just, I don't know if this is typical of her adult writing. She has a new book out. It's a teen book called Gallant, and it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But I also thought the premise to Addie LaRue sounded interesting. So I'm really hesitant to even give something else a try. And this was one of those that has come highly recommended to mm-hmm. me, too. But now I'm starting to second guess. Is it worth <laughs> 450 pages? It's a lot. Yeah, that is, that's, that's long. Uh, and and kind of involved, and you know, I read the first of um, the trilogy, the Darker Shade of Magic. Yes, yeah. And I liked it fine, but it's also one of those where I'm not going to dive into all three novels because it's just kind of yeah. does, it didn't grab me enough to want to stick with an entire trilogy. So yes, all right. So that was the Invisible Life of Addie Larue. <laughs> <laughs> Please, as Rachel says, don't do it. Don't, don't bother. Do it. All right, next up I have uh, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Have you read this one? I have read it. Okay, so I'm going to read the Goodreads uh, description, and then I will read my own feelings about it. Uh, Here's the Goodreads summary of Everything I Never Told You. Lydia is dead, but they don't know this yet. So begins this exquisite novel about a Chinese-American family living in 1970s small-town Ohio. Lydia is the favorite child of Marilyn and James Lee, and her parents are determined that she will fulfill the dreams they were unable to pursue. But when Lydia's body is found in the local lake, the delicate balancing act has been keeping the Lee family together is destroyed, tumbling them into chaos. 
a profoundly moving story of family secrets and longing. Everything I Never Told You is both a gripping page-turner and a sensitive family portrait, uncovering the ways in which mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, and husbands and wives struggle all their lives to understand one another. I have to take umbrage with this (laughs) gripping page-turner. This book was so slow for me, and I read that description and was like, great, you know, mystery, girl dies, we're going to find out what happened to her, there's going to be scandal, there's going to be something that happens, but it's truly a family drama, Mm -hmm. and my uh, description is probably kind of cruel, maybe which is coming off of the sting of reading this book. But it says, this was just a confluence of sad. (laughs) The characters were all pathetic. (laughs) None of them had any redeeming qualities, and the parents were just jerks to their kids. But the kids didn't even have their redemption, except Lydia, who had to die. (laughs) Not a spoiler, it's even on the jacket of the book. I just didn't care for any of them at all, but I guess it was well-written enough for me to finish it, so I did finish the book, even though it really felt like a waste of time. Uh, I listened on audio, and the narrator, who I'm going to leave nameless, because I really like the narrator, but I said the narrator really milked the pauses. (laughs) So much so that I listened to the second half on two times speed just so I could speed up the delivery. It was too slow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, And honestly, like, looking back on it, I have this feeling of just remembering it being really slow, boring, not caring about the characters. I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that book. I don't remember much about it. Isn't it being developed for a TV or because I know Little Fires Everywhere, which was her second book, mm-hmm. I think, was was developed into a miniseries. Yes, it was a miniseries with Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah, and I think that this one is too. Okay. I've heard that. I guess so. I have to watch TV and see if they just tighten it I up a little bit. I don't know if you do. I don't, I don't know if you do. I did read this book, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't. It didn't strike all of the hate in the world in me, <laughs> but I felt very meh about it, mm-hmm. um, was just my overall feeling. Yes. So, meh. Yeah. Meh. And we don't need to read meh books no. or, you know, if our friends loved it, we don't have to love it too. So no. that was everything I never told you. Mm-hmm. Little Fires Everywhere was fine. This one, yeah. just boring. Fine. fine. <laughs> that also a glowing review. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> Watch the TV series, see if you like it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I cannot wait to hear about your next book. Okay. Wh- which one is it? So the next one is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Mm-hmm. And this book was exploding everywhere. It was on everyone's book club lists. Um, so if you by any chance have not heard of it, quick summary is that somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other lives, all of them, you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. So um, this is about a young woman named Nora Seed who is faced with the possibility of changing her life for a new one, um, following a different career, undoing old breakups. um, And she kind of searches through the Midnight Library to decide what is truly fulfilling in life, what makes life worth living, yada, yada, yada. Because 
Issue number one, I don't know about you, but I am over the constant retelling of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> totally. I'm over it. I'm uh-huh. over it. Who it cares? makes for really boring reading because you already know when you start that the person is going to realize by the end that they were they were lucky to have that and they were so blessed to have that life to begin with and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um also, in all of Nora's other lives, at least the ones that are included in the book, she's all these awesome and exciting things. Like, she's a, an Olympic swimmer in one. She's a rock star in another. Or she's, like, a scientist living on a glacier in one. And I don't know about about you, but if I had—I feel like if I personally had, had just kept, say, playing the piano instead of quitting piano, mm-hmm. I would probably still be a regular person who plays piano. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be, like, the foremost pianist in the world. <laughs> so I thought it was a little over the top that Nora had just so much latent talent and ability and so many things that if she had just chosen per- to pursue any one of them, that she would have become a standout in her field. Yes. I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. All of these lives probably would have just been slightly different than the one she had lived. Right. She would have done, like, been... What did she work at a bookstore or something? What, did, what is her job? Yeah, I don't remember. she works... It's at a record store. A record store. Yeah. So, like, she would have been a person who worked at a record store and was pretty good at the piano. Yeah. Or, like, liked to swim. Yeah. It's not but like she like, would have been oh, an Olympic Olympian. Right. Yeah. She had stuck with the swimming. She obviously would have been the best in her field. If she'd stuck with music, she obviously would have been a famous musician. I I was like, man, I can't think of one thing in my life. And maybe that's sad for me. <laughs> no. I can't think of one thing in my life that I'm like, if I had only stuck with it, I would have been, you know, the standout, the, you like know. The, but the best of this yes, thing ever. the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also felt like it was very much pounded into our heads throughout this book that even if you are like a rock star or an Olympian, that your life can still suck. Mm-hmm. Um, like I get, I get the lesson. I get where you're trying to stay. But at, at one point, she actually does land in this life where she's in a loving marriage. She has a wonderful daughter and a great job. And she still decides to go back to her old crappy life. I do. I don't buy it. No. I just don't buy it. I understand why the author wrote it that way because he's trying to teach a lesson and to do, you know, to show that he he needed to have Nora choose her original life to make this all worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? But as far as a choice for an actual human being who and and spoiler alert, since we said there's going to be sto- spoilers, yes. she gets to the midnight library by being on the brink of death because she has attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. So. She's so eager to escape her current life that she's willing to die, yet she chooses to go back to that life in the end when she had this, for all intents and purposes, this perfect life that she could have stayed in. Right? I was like, no. 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 Because what what is she going to go back and change now that's going to make any of that any different? Yeah. And... Yeah, and so then this is and this this is where it gets a little serious for me, which I really had a problem with the portrayal of mental health in the novel because she clearly has depression and you know suicidal ideation, and she is seemingly cured of this by realizing how much meaning her life has. Mm-hmm. And I really highly dislike this portrayal of mental health in media. Um, and actually, when I was looking at some other Goodre- uh, Goodreads reviews, and one of them said it better than I could, and they said, it presents the extremely harmful narrative that you can cure suicidal ideation by just changing your outlook. So it kind of, it, it, feel, it felt to me like the equivalent of telling a person with depression, but just think about all the good things in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little confused because I, I read about Matt Hagen. He actually does suffer from depression, 
And maybe that kind of advice helped him. But in general, I don't think I don't I'm not a fan. You know, I don't think that that is a cure. And his his attempts to make this a kind of feel good book just made me feel very angry. Mm hmm. It does. It doesn't handle, I don't think it handles her mental health responsibly in any way. It's just like, oh, you can just wish your way out of Mm -hmm. this depression. And they don't kind of address or he doesn't address what happens next for her Mm -hmm. really much after that. Right. And, you know, I'm reading through, same thing, like other friends' reviews, and I've seen a few others have that same response, which is this is not... Mm-hmm. But not a, an empowering response to mental health issues. I think it may potentially be for people who haven't experienced well, mental health issues and sh- and can find that valid. But I think for, you know, the majority of people who have been through that, that's going to ring extremely false. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yes. And uh, so that was The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Is that Matt Haig? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. My own review was this was... Fine. <laughs> That's that all tends to be a lot. <laughs> a lot of things are fine for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just fine. And sometimes I can, like, recommend a fine book to someone. I have never mm-hmm. recommended this particular one to anyone because I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. And frankly, it's because if I close a book and I don't remember it or remember much about yeah. it other than, oh, I don't like that one very much, then I'm not going to yeah. go after it. All right, my last unrecommendation is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Have you read Under the Whispering Door or anything else by T.J. Klune? I have. I've read that, and I also read um, The House in the Cerulean Sea. Okay. Which I found was delightful. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go run with my theme of this book was so so slow. We now we know Katie likes plot driven. <laughs> I mean, fast like passed right books. away. <laughs> Grab me, like hit me go hit the ground running and I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Um the I really love House in the Cerulean Sea and it that one took me a little while to get into as well. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting to just be grabbed by Under the Whispering Door right away. I had really high expectations for it, but I spent the first third of this book incredibly bored. I knew a lot of people who had been reading it and just kept asking, like, does this get better? Does it pick up? Should I keep going? And most people I talked to, oh, it gets so good. It's so sweet. You should Mm -hmm. keep reading. And I felt like the same things just kept happening over and over. And I feel like I sort of figured out the the hook Mm -hmm. or the, the gist of what the author was going for. And the characters were sweet. They were fine. But essentially the premise is that there is sort of a limbo uh, area that's also a bakery coffee shop Mm -hmm. where the main character finds themselves and they have like a ferryman that's supposed to help them let go of their earthly connections and go to the other side. And the main character just kind of gets stuck there for a while. I can't even remember their names. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's how how much his I don't. Name yes, and uh, but essentially his his time in limbo felt like it just lasted forever. And mm-hmm. you know I'm I won't spoil this one because frankly talking about it without character names is sort of meaningless mm-hmm. anyways, and I don't remember them enough. But also it just I don't feel like a lot happened, and I feel like you could figure out about halfway through what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to love it. That was part of it for me. That was such a letdown was I really wanted this to mm-hmm. be like this heartwarming, adorable book. And it just didn't – it wasn't. It was so boring. Um, and I wrote down um, 
I still feel like nothing happened, or what did happen was formulaic and just not that exciting. Do I not have any feelings left? What is wrong with me? <laughs> no, it wasn't just... So I also... I very much like the house in the Cerulean Sea, mm-hmm. and I liked... Um, uh, I liked this one. I didn't think it was as good, and I didn't love it as as much. But actually, my problem with this more was the ending. Okay. Um, and I know you said you don't. You can spoil to, oh, okay. it. Go for it. I just couldn't remember it. anyone's names because okay. I didn't want to get everyone confused. By the guy did this, and then this thing so happened. So the guy who's in limbo, and I I don't remember his name either. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the guy who is in limbo, it, it, it's kind of one of those tropes where he needs to find love to understand because he didn't have any love in his life, and he can't move on because he doesn't know how to love and be loved. So obviously, he finds love with the with the living person who is supposed to be helping him move on. They fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, And in the end, I thought that it was going to end on the note that, hey, you know, he's found love and now he he can let go and move on. But no, he gets like a deus ex machina. Yes. Where then he gets to come back to life. And no, I don't enjoy that. No. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm like, maybe I have no heart because I'm like, I wasn't rooting (laughs) for this for the two of them to end up together. But when you have this whole book and the whole point of the book is that he is going to be able to let go after he learns these lessons and then he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do anything. It felt, yeah. Yeah. I felt kind of cheated. Mm-hmm. I was like, you should have died. You should have died, <laughs> and you should have stayed dead. Yeah. That's, those are the rules. Yeah. And they get to, like, break the rules for him. Yeah. Um, the main character's name was Wallace. Wallace. That's yes. right. It was Wallace. And I guess one of the things I did like was that Wallace, in the beginning, does he attends his own funeral and mm-hmm. learns that, like, no one really liked him. Which, I, I don't know how that was a surprise based <laughs> right? on all of his interactions <laughs> up to that It was point, horrible. He was a horrible person. He was person. pretty horrible. And that was part of it, too, was, like, uh, you know, you know he's going to be redeemed, and Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to become a quote-unquote good person. Yeah. But it was a trope that I'm frankly sick of, and mm-hmm. it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my unrecommendation <laughs> for the Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Yeah. All right. You have one more? Yeah. Well, and I went into this book. So my last book is The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. And similar to you, I went into this book ready to love it. Mm-hmm. I was so ready. And because I loved The Night Circus, which was her first book. So let me give you the, the Goodreads summary real quick. So the main character is Zachary Ezra Rollins. And he discovers a mysterious book hidden at the library. And as he turns the pages, he reads his a story from his own childhood. And he is obviously bewildered by this, trying to make sense of how his own life came to be recorded. And he uncovers a series of clues, which are a bee, a key, and a sword that lead him to this masquerade party, to a secret club, (laughs) and then through a doorway to an ancient library hidden far below the surface of the earth. I mean... That description to me just sounds five out of five fabulous. It sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Everyone was so excited because this was her second book since the Night Circus. People were actually getting tattoos of the be the key and sword symbol before the book even came out. Yeah. Um, And the Night Circus I thought was beautiful and it was not exciting and plot driven. It was a little bit meandering, but it was. It, it was still just the language and the imagery and everything was so beautiful that that didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. But with The Starless Sea, there's no plot. I mean, seriously, this book does not have a plot. And after I read it, and I did finish it, uh-huh. but I realized something about myself as a reader, which is, like, I need a plot. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> have to be. It doesn't have to be super plot-driven, but it needs to have just, like, the most teeny 
teensy tiny, tiniest scrap of a plot mm -hmm. for me to get on board. And it didn't have it. So it was mostly just a series of unconnected stories. They were very beautiful in their own right, but they were not enough to make a book out of. And this was a 500-page book. Oh, so long. That's a long time to go in a book that does not have a plot. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, gosh, it just had so much promise. Like, Magical Library. I know you're going to think, based on my reviews, that I hate you Magical like magic. Libraries. <laughs> Especially, like, no, Magical Libraries. They sound amazing. They're just, they are not often done well. Um, so, second issue was that... I, I guess that there you could make a case that Aaron Morgenstern was trying to create this character who was kind of generic, so you could really kind of place yourself in the story as him. Mm -hmm. But if that's what she was trying to do, she went she went overboard because right. Zachary is a boring dude. He is just he's the protagonist of the entire book, and after the beginning, he doesn't take any more forward action. That's true. You're right. I if didn't he think does about anything, that. if he does anything at all, it's and I quote, "To see what happens next." <laughs> And that's it. It's like, huh. I mean, things happen to him. He reacts to those things. So on the upside, reading about his stories, it's it's very chill. It's very low stress. But <laughs> on the downside, it's just not that interesting. It's not interesting. Um, it's not into it. And I also got really annoyed by the number of times I saw this book in reviews described as like a love letter to stories and or storytelling because that kind of implied to me that if you didn't like it then you aren't like a lover of stories and you just don't get it and I'm like hey I'm a librarian <laughs> I love stories that is part of why I became a librarian <laughs> listen but I'm like just for me the love of the story the stories did not justify the hours I spent reading this book to find out what happened only to find out in the end that nothing actually really happened after all nothing and I only finished this book because I am a chronic finisher and I, I cannot seem to break myself of this habit. But by the end, I was so irritated <laughs> that I felt like Aaron Morgenstern owed me an apology for wasting my time and getting my hopes up for a book, another book like The Night Circus. Mm -hmm. This is, the, and I felt the same way about TJ Klune, but I am obsessed with The Night Circus. I don't know if we've talked about this much in detail, but I read that book every year. I own it. I've reread it, it as well. So it's much. so good. It's so good. And it's especially a favorite of mine on audio. Mm. Um, Jim Dale does the narration. Mm. And it's something like usually around October, November is I pull it up, start listening to it again. Mm -hmm. And when I read The Starless Sea, I was the same way. I wanted the next Night Circus. I wanted it to be dreamy mm -hmm. and a little bit romantic but not really and mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like something I can go back to over and over and I got a pre-published copy mm. I read it on an iPad in the summer that it came like before it was published and I was so it took me so long mm -hmm. to read it and I was like oh it's because of the iPad it's because I'm reading it on an sure iPad it is. <laughs> and then I checked out the book when it was published and I was like no I don't want to read it again yeah I don't have any desire to go back to this story I tried it on audio and did not mm -hmm. want to read it again so it just doesn't have that you gave readability. it a shot you I gave really it a fair tried. shot I tried so hard and was like well 
will always have the night surface <laughs> to go yeah. back to because I can't with this one again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron Morgenstern. We we yeah. still love you, but not for that one. I'm not. I definitely am not like, oh, I would never read something of hers again because I know she can do it. Mm-hmm. But she did not do it no. with this book. No. <laughs> and it was like the sophomore slump, especially yeah. because it was so long between the two. The two. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think she had a lot of high expectation put on her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was but a real bummer. people did love it. Yes, I people, mean, people did love it. really did love it. Um, I don't really Just not get us. it. Just not <laughs> us. But, they, I mean, they did love it. So it wasn't, like, overwhelmingly negative reviews mm-hmm. when it came out. There were people who were so happy they got those tattoos. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, know. Uh. Well, those were our unfavorites, and I think we'll probably already have some controversial hot takes on mm-hmm. those. But I also wanted to share, we asked uh, fellow staff members here at DCDL what some of their least favorite books were that were flying off the shelves here at the library. Some of these you may also find controversial, so we're going to leave these anonymous, but they were <laughs> so fun to read. Um, should I be anonymous? Yes, should I know. I be, or we <laughs> should have we put, we put ourselves out there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we heard that I Know Who You Are by Alice Feeney is not recommended. Verity by Colleen Hoover, and this is a hot take because mm-hmm. everybody wants to read something by Colleen Hoover, but the plot of this one just sounds so uh, unfounded. Do you know, are you familiar with this book? I, I've i heard of it, and I know that Colleen Hoover is hot right now, but I've never read any of her stuff, and I'm not really sure why everyone's jumping on the Colleen Hoover bandwagon. So it came out because somehow Colleen Hoover found herself on Book Talk. So the okay. TikTok world, there, that they, explains it. it yep. It's book talk. It's book talk. It's taken over. And, and that's talk, T-O-K. TikTok users have taken to reviewing books, and if they're influencers, those books will really take off. And Colleen Hoover's book, um, oh, I'm not going to come up with the title, but she has books that were published like six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. ago that are now on the bestseller list. No, it's older books. There they have the 700 um, holds on the wait list, and yeah. Verity is one of those, and Essentially, uh, spoiler alert, it's about a woman who finds out her husband is a murderer and she decides to keep living with him and constantly <laughs> putting herself in danger. And okay. uh, most of the people on staff so really, here, really relatable. You're really right? super relatable, exactly. So maybe it has some thrills, but it's not for some of our staff members. Mm-hmm. All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Mm-hmm. That's an older one. That's an older one. That. Uh, yeah. Folks are disappointed in the ending. The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake. Ooh, Ender's Game. Ender's Game. This is a book that people love or did not love. And we Mm -hmm. had a staffer here who just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites here, uh, The Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person by Shonda Rhimes. Mm -hmm. Hugely popular when it came out. And Mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the book, I remember this, her introduction, she slams... Librarians in Ohio, Shonda Rhimes, specifically, if I didn't make these choices in my life, I could be a quiet librarian living somewhere in Ohio. Fate worse than death. I know. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Do you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Because we talked about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh And every year when it's on at Christmas time, and she doesn't, you know, when his wife, I can't remember her name, doesn't end up marrying Jimmy Stewart's character. Uh Uh-huh. And they're like, she became a librarian. (laughs) And everyone's like. No, no, not a library. No. I mean, the worst. The worst. Worse 
Yes. She couldn't marry him and have his kids. She became a librarian. A librarian. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. But that, I mean, come on, Shonda Rhimes. Don't come at us. Don't come we're at the us. one recommending your book. Hey, we're still salty over here yeah. about this one. That was rough. Um, we had some folks who did not like Wild by Cheryl Strayed. That one? Mm-hmm. Hot take. Yeah. Um, uh, we heard some negativity towards um, where the crawdads sing. Yeah. Wildly popular. Not so much among our staff. Um, and also, I agree with this one, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. Did you read that one? I have not. It doesn't, it really just doesn't sound that interesting to I mean, me. It was. I see it going out all the constantly. time. Constantly. Hannah, Kristen Hanna, another one of those authors that really took off. Um, I think after her, not this, the, not the Four Winds, the book that was before that, The Great Alone, mm-hmm. got really popular. So then people went back and read her back mm-hmm. catalog. She has some great books. This one wasn't it. It was just so depressing. I think I remember reading that someone said this just took them back to trying to struggle through the Grapes of Wrath in high school. <laughs> yes. no, none of us want to do that again. No. So Super accurate. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, mm-hmm. also not a favorite. Although I will say I did not read this book in text form. I did listen to it on audio. I would recommend an audio version of this because the whole book is like an oral history. It's interviews with different BAM members. It's mm. essentially like a 70s band that broke up and they're all reflecting on the band. Kind of loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. Okay. It worked really well in audio. I I really liked it, but I could see how reading it would be terrible. And we'll give one more not-so-great recommendation. And this one was rough for me. Same with um, Aaron Morgenstern's um, Night Circus follow-up. I wanted to love The Final Girl Support Group by mm-hmm. Grady Hendrix. If anyone's been listening in on this podcast for a while, I was obsessed with the Southern, Vamp- Southern Book Club's <laughs> Guide, Guide to, to Slaying Vampires. I read, wanted to recommend that book to everyone, and the follow-up, Final Girl Support Group, was so boring and yeah. so derivative. It was like they, Grady Hendrix took a bunch of 90s horror slasher movies, kind of made them fake, and then put the survivors into a real-life Scene, which just, sounds awesome. Sounds like yeah, great. it was a, I, and I'm a huge Grady Hendrix fan, and that kind of fell flat for me as well. But it's been, it's getting recognition, like, and it's getting honors and, you know, on lists and everything. I think, what was it, the Edgar Allan Poe? So, someone likes it, someone but likes I mean, it. I'm like, Grady, I know you can do better. For sure. Could you do can better. do better. Yes, you could be funnier. Yeah. You could be way, way campier and yeah. way more interesting than this book turned out to be. So mm-hmm. sorry, Grady, we still love you. We still love you. We'll uh, read you in the future. We'll read you in the future. Um, so a lot of these also sparked some controversy. We had a lot of staff who really enjoyed the Midnight Library, mm-hmm. uh, contrary to Rachel's opinion. So that's the beauty of reading, though. We can yeah. all share our own opinions, and when you come into the library, and we recommend something that maybe doesn't quite work for you, just remember that you can bring it back and we'll pick something else. We're always searching for the best thing for you. You can tell us you hated it. That's what I always tell, especially I do a lot of uh, reader's advisory for kids and teens. And when I hand them something, I know they have this moment like, I have to take this because the librarian gave it to me. And I'm like, you do not. If this doesn't sound interesting to you, I really don't want to send this home with you. Yes. Anything I like, if you don't like it, 
It's not personal. No, not at all. There are so many books in the world. And also, this is officially your permission to stop reading something you don't like. Please give me permission because I yes. cannot. I'm stop such a finisher. reading oh, so many you hours of like. my life. <laughs> you have all of my permission. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. This was a blast. Yeah, it was fun. And you can uh, reach out to us if there is anything that you disagree with or wholeheartedly agree with. You can email <laughs> us at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org and thanks again for listening we'll see you next time bye bye join us next time on library gals go to the library where we geek out about books movies and more you can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. To check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode, or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit delawarelibrary.org. We'll see you soon!